Good morning and welcome. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Dennis Lee and I am filling in today for our pastor, Joe Kate, who is out of town this weekend. Let me express to you guests how glad we are that you are here. We hope that this time of worship will be a blessing for you. And if you have any questions or if we can assist you in any way, please let us know. While we are extending a welcome, let me recognize the guest musicians who are playing the strings today. They are Kristen Miller and Jean Anderson. Um, we are delighted that you are here and sharing your talent with us. We're also grateful, as always, for the Bell Choir. Um, they will be contributing to today's worship experience as well with special music. I have just a few announcements to make. One is for children and parents. Today is Library Sunday. Because the order of worship is slightly different, I'm going to give some slightly different uh, directions for um, the uh, children going to the library. Let me ask the children to follow Miss Beth during the singing of the doxology. So when we start singing the doxology, the children are invited to meet Beth here at this door to your left. Please um, take note that the church office will not be open tomorrow. It will be closed in observance of Veterans Day. Katie has an announcement, so I'm going to ask her to come on to the lectern. And while she's doing that, let me briefly mention two other things. It's time to order the poinsettias for December the 13th. The details and the order form are found in the bulletin, so I invite you to check those out. And the other announcement is to remind you that Consecration Sunday is November 22nd. That's just two weeks from today. There will be a combined worship service that day here in the sanctuary at 10 a.m., and that will be followed by a Thanksgiving meal in the Family Life Center. And we'll have a, uh, a little bit more to say about that later in the service. Katie is going to share now the good news of the week. Good morning. I'm Katie Jeter. I'm the Director of Children and Family Ministries here at Memorial. I apologize for my voice. I hope you can hear me share the good news this morning. We recently had a pumpkin patch to support the children and youth ministries here at the church. And I am so excited to share with you this morning that the proceeds from our pumpkin patch this year totaled $3,000.40. Because of that, we are going to be able to implement Planning Center online, and you'll be learning more about that as we get the software and implement that for our children and youth. We'll start out by using it as a check-in and security system for our children's ministries, um, but the options for that program are endless for our church, so I hope that as we continue to grow, we can use that software more and more, but thank you for your support of our pumpkin patch, and we will keep you posted as we get started with Planning Center. Thank you. Let us now worship God.
The opening hymn is on page 368, entitled, My Hope is Built. We will sing all four verses. Please stand as you are able. Let us now affirm our faith using the historic Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. Children, come forward. are people who have helped make us who we are. Our veterans are the people who have allowed our country to be free and they have allowed us to worship as we please. So we owe a huge debt of gratitude to our veterans. Their history should be told so that we can continue to live free. And today our scripture lesson is, oh no, I've lost my scripture lesson. Hold on a minute. It's from Psalm 78, verses 1 through 3, and I'm on Job. Oh, goodness. Okay, patience of Job, right? Um, we are supposed to share the history of what God did for us, and that is what the Bible is. The Bible is the history of what God has done for us, and the New Testament in particular is the history of Jesus. So I'm going to use this circle today and fold it, and I'm going to cut out a V. Who knows what the V might stand for? Uh, yes, ma'am. Very good. V stands for veteran. Thank you. Yay, I have a helper. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 3. Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter hidden things, things from of old, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. That's what history is. Thank you. And our veterans help us with our history of our country and who we are. So I made a V for veterans. But now the Bible is Jesus's history. It's his story. So when you open this, 
you are going to see a cross that stands for Jesus, and the circle stands for our families and the way we live our lives and the history that we are going to make. And so today I'm going to give you a little V to take with you, and you can open it. And hopefully this will help you remember that the Bible is Jesus's history. It's his story. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our veterans, and thank you for our history, our Bible. Thank you for giving us Jesus who died on the cross for us, just as many of our veterans have given their lives for us. Give us the strength and the courage that they had, and help us to live so that our history will be a good one. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for this country in which we live and for the beauty of the nature that is so evident at this time of the year. As we recognize the wonder of your world, remind us that we are to be faithful stewards of this good earth. As we approach Veterans Day this week, we do remember with gratitude the courage and strength of those who have served our country in its time of need. And we pray that any who mourn may be comforted by your grace and by the assurance of your presence. We thank you, O Lord, for this church, for its staff, every member, every participant. Help us to grow as followers of Christ. Show us how we can be your ambassadors during the week. And by your Spirit, lead us to love others through what we say and especially by what we do. We make this prayer in the name of Christ, who taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. First scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 49, and it can be found on page 1602 in your hymnal Bibles. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Peggy Smith has been asked to be our consecration speaker today, so let us hear her as she comes forward. Thank you. 
Good morning. I know it says Beanie Hannon, but I am a sister-in-law, so it's close. <laughs> what is God calling you to give? This is the focus of Consecration Sunday. What God is calling you to give, not what the church needs to receive from you. For, for, excuse me, for Larry and I, financial stewardship means so much more. A childhood of fun and friends for Larry since he was born in this church and has been in this church all of his life. Strong role support and strong support and role models while we were dating, going to college, and before we got married. Family weddings, the birth and baptism of our two sons, a preschool with loving Christian teachers, family trips to Asbury Hills, Greenville baseball games, Christmas plays and softball games, Saturdays filled with basketball games, what is God calling you to give? Caroling, fall carnivals, and beach trips with the youth. The funerals of loved ones. Bible studies and Thanksgiving meals. What is God calling you to give? All of these memories and many, many more treasured moments were made available because of the financial giving of many of the people of this church and those that have gone on before us. Now, your financial stewardship will make possible all of these things for you, current members, and for those future members, the children, and those that not, are not yet members of our church. So I ask you, what is God calling you to give? Thank you, Peggy. As I mentioned earlier, Consecration Sunday is two weeks from today. And to repeat, uh, the worship service that day will be here in the sanctuary, a combined service at 10 a.m. to be followed by a Thanksgiving meal in the Family Life Center. In a few moments, the ushers are going to uh, make available reservation cards for that meal. We need to know how many people to prepare for in terms of the meal. I know many of you filled out the card um, last week, but um, if you have not yet filled out a card, um, please take it when they come forward in a moment. Um, and you know that you're going to be present, then check that. If you already know you will not be present that day, well, check that also so that um, no one would need to contact you for account for the meal that day. After the um, reservation cards have been filled out, you can just place it in the offering plate um, at the time of the offering, which will follow shortly. I'll ask the ushers, they'll come now, and if uh, you will, raise your hand if you have not yet filled, up a card, filled out a card, and they will distribute one to you.
you have not already done so, please pass the attendance roster to the end of the pew for our pickup by the ushers. In gratitude to God, let us now give our tithes and our offerings. Please be seated. I'm going to be reading just one of the passages of Scripture listed in the bulletin. I'll be reading um, first from 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, verses 2 through 8, and that is found on page 1837 in the Pew Bibles. Hear these words of the Apostle Paul to the Christians at Thessalonica. 
We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith and your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of you probably remember Arthur Ashe. He was a world-class tennis player. He was also a world-class father. He believed in leading by example. Ash came down with an incurable disease at an early age and died. But in an interview shortly before his death, he spoke about the matter of setting a good example. And I want to quote what he said. My wife and I talk about this with our six-year-old daughter. Children are much more impressed by what they see you do than by what you say. If you've been preaching one thing all along, and all of a sudden you don't do it, they're going to bring it right up. For example, I tell our daughter, it's not polite to eat with your elbows on the table. Then after dinner, I'm putting my elbows up. And she says, Daddy, your elbows are on the table. And you have to be man enough or woman enough to say, you're right, and take your elbows down. In fact, that's an even stronger learning experience than hearing it. It means that she did listen. She understands it. And she recognizes it when she sees it. It takes actions rather than words to accomplish that. In the quote. We know that what Ash said is true, don't we? Actions always speak louder than words. I maintain that there is a need for us Christians to be examples. Good examples. Several years ago, one of the most familiar faces on television was that of Dave Thomas. Thomas was the founder of the Wendy's hamburger chain. When Dave Thomas was just 15 years old, he dropped out of school and he moved out on his own. 
He got a job in the restaurant business and eventually created the success that we know of as Wendy's. But in spite of all that success, Thomas says he regretted that he had dropped out of school. He felt uncomfortable when people pointed to him as a successful dropout. So Thomas decided to go back to school and get his diploma. In 1992, he hired a tutor and began studying for the GED. Thomas says it was pretty hard work, but eventually he took the test and he passed it. He received the high school diploma that he had earnestly desired. He didn't want to encourage young people to follow his example and drop out of school. So when other men his age were retiring, Thomas was going to school. He was a good example. For us in the church, the question is, what kind of example are we? What kind of Christian example? Are our teachings, are, are our actions consistent with the teachings of Christ? Are our actions consistent with what we say we believe? At annual conference a few years ago, Dr. Joe Hayward, who was the conference lay leader, delivered the annual message about lay ministry. In his presentation, Dr. Hayward told a funny story that um, I want to share with you. It goes something like this. As a man in his car approached an intersection, the light turned yellow. And he did the right thing. He stopped his car at the crosswalk. Even though he could possibly have beaten the red light if he had accelerated through the intersection, there was a woman who was tailgating him. And she was furious that he stopped. For you see, she was counting on speeding through that intersection right after him. She was in a hurry. So she honked her horn and screamed at him in frustration. And while she was still in the middle of her ranting and raving, she heard a tap on her driver's side window and she looked to see a, a serious looking uh, police officer. And he ordered her to exit the car with her hands up. He then proceeded to take her to the police station. There she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, a policeman came to that cell and told her she was being released. He escorted her back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. The officer said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn and cussing up a blue streak. I noticed on the back of your car the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker. 
and the chrome-plated Christian fish symbol on the trunk. So naturally, I assumed you had stolen the car. <laughs> well, that story highlights rather dramatically the disconnect that can occur between our actions and the teachings of Jesus. In the scriptural passage that I read from 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul was praising the Christians in that church for being a good example. They were a good example to the people in that whole area, which is present-day Greece. Before hearing the gospel, these folks had been worshiping idols. Now, they were believers in Christ and following the teachings of Christ. And they had made this change, according to Paul, in spite of hardship, suffering. There was nothing phony about their witness. They were the real thing. And the people who heard them and the people who saw them were moved by their words and deeds. Many years ago, there was a woman named Rose who lived in Albania. Rose and her husband routinely opened their home to the poor and the hungry, the, the hungry in their town. And whenever one of Rose's daughters asked who the new visitor at their dinner table was, Rose would simply answer that it was some relative. Well, Rose's daughters grew up thinking that they were part of some huge extended family. Even when Rose's husband died and she was poorer, she still found a way to give food to the hungry and to help the destitute. One of Rose's daughters was particularly influenced by her mother's example of sacrificial love. That daughter named Agnes grew up to become an advocate for the poor all over the world. She devoted her entire life to caring for those who were in need. That young Agnes grew up to become Mother Teresa, one of the 20th century's greatest examples of Christ-like love. Examples matter. Mother Teresa became who she was in part because of the example of her mother. And I think the same is true for us. Aren't we followers of Christ because of the example of some significant people in our lives? Aren't there individuals who have loved us into the kingdom? We have seen their example of Christ-like living. I believe that is how most people come to Christ. They encounter Christ in those who follow Christ. That's why Paul was praising the Christians at Thessalonica. And the question that begs to be asked is, do people see Christ in us? 
do our actions match our words? Let me share one other illustration. This comes from one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books that were printed some years ago. It's told by a mother in California. She says it was a hectic day around our house. She was having trouble doing even the routine chores, all because of one of her little boys. His name was Lynn. He was a preschooler at the time. And he was on her heels no matter where she went. Whenever she stopped to do something or turned around, she'd trip over him. Several times, she patiently suggested activities that he might do, like, don't you want to go out and play with your um, brothers in the yard? But Lynn simply smiled an innocent smile and said, no, that's all right, Mommy. I'd rather be here with you. So he continued to happily bounce around her. After stepping on his toes for about the fifth time, Lynn's mom began to lose her patience. When she asked him why he was acting that way, he looked up at her with his sweet green eyes and he said, well, Mommy, my teacher told me to follow in Jesus' footsteps, but I don't see Jesus, so I'm following in yours. And someone is following in our footsteps. Someone is watching us. What kind of examples are we? May we be good ones. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the faithful witness of all those who have gone before us. We're grateful for their influence in our lives. Help us like them to practice Christ-like living. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Will you stand as you're able as we sing our last hymn?
May the rich blessings of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be yours. Amen.